Hi guys, it's Meg with Two Grieving Girls. I am flying solo tonight because Steph had a previous commitment and I have a guest host with me. Her name is Priscilla and she is going to tell us her brother Maury's story and we're going to get down to some other feelings about grief that maybe Steph and I haven't covered yet. So welcome. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Hey Meg, thank you. Um, thanks for reaching out. I, I, yeah, this is should be cool, but also hard. Um, <laughs> it was it, the first time I was in tears. It took me like a little, yeah. What, whatever you you do, whatever is comfortable for you. Okay. So I would love for you to tell us your brother's story. I've been checking it out on Insta. Yeah, um, this week uh, has been my week on surviving our siblings, and um, it's so weird to kind of, like, condense someone's lifetime down to a couple of posts in one week, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, where do I even begin? Um, Maury... Uh, was born on May 2nd of 1992. Uh, I was three years old at the time when he was born. Um, my mom was 19 at the time. She had had me when she was 16. And um, my dad was around for when, like before my brother was born and then kind of like right as my brother was born, he he uh, he left us. But um and so we grew up with uh, my mom and my grandmother, who um, my mom was during that time going to, you know, work during the day and then was going to community college and then eventually like actual uh, John, she was at um, actually in college um, for you know, uh, during the nighttime. So um, so when and when we were kids, my grandmother um, would take us to uh, Ecuador during our school breaks, like when we were in elementary school, because um, that's where my family uh, comes from. My grandmother had moved to New York when she was pregnant with my mom. So like our, our family's only been in, in the States not for not very long. Um, and, and by that, I mean, like, um, yeah. And so, you know, I have a lot of memories of being, you know, in Ecuador with my brother, my grandmother, just kind of like taking us around, even when, when we were, when we were like home, like my brother, my grandmother and I would travel all up and down New York, going to parks and playgrounds and just, you know, just the three of us were always together. And, um, and so that's like, you know it was it was good um but I remember like feeling like I really wish that my like dad had been around and stuff but my brother never really had that kind of like sentiment um I think that for him the way that he experienced my father not being around was very uh came from a very like hurt place and I think that that's something that probably definitely contributed to like the lifetime of like depression that he had 
Um, so, man, it's kind of hard to kind of think about like what to say next and all that stuff just because it's there's just so much. I could write a I whole know, book. It, I, it is. I could write a book about all of it, you know. Um, so there's something in one of the posts in one of the very early posts that I made about my brother this week. Um, you know, in in the time since he's passed, it's it's been a time of a lot of um reflection on my on my life and his life and the way that we grew up. And um, you know, when he was a kid, there were so many instances where like we would be like at a mall or on the train or one time when we were in Ecuador when we were kids, like he would always be very close to being lost, like we would turn around and he wasn't there or something like that. Or he had stayed behind as we were getting off of something like things like that. And he was like a kid, you know, like elementary school age. And, um, I, you know, remember that time because there was always like multiple times where we were just kind of like, Oh my God, what the heck, where is he? You know what I mean? And one time had to chase a, a bus down in Ecuador because he had stayed in the back as it was leaving. Um, I don't remember if he was asleep or if like, but anyway, but, so in like recent months post his uh death my grandmother and I have had conversations you know kind of like you know after you lose someone you and especially like for us like losing our sibling and stuff it it really makes you kind of like look back in time and and especially in the manner in which that my brother passed away he died by suicide and, um, and, you know, you kind of review everything, all the choices that you that I've made, you know, you review, like the things that happened to him, you know, and we were do we were having that kind of conversation. And she was telling me that in the months before he passed away, he uh, had a conversation with her about the fact that he would try to get lost. And he uh, kind of like, confessed to her that some of those moments, he was just like, trying to run away from us and then when she was just like but why it just kind of like he wasn't really sure but there was this there was always this I'm not sure what it was just like his desire to not be whether it was around us or just around I don't know and and now when I look back on it I think about that time and and how like even just like as a kid that there were there were signs that he was he was born with like a broken wing or something do you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah yeah and um but yeah so then when I was around 12 so my grandmother you know took care of us for um when, while my mom was away and um but then when I turned 12 my grandma couldn't be with us anymore she had moved away and um so then it was just me my mom and my brother and so at that point, you know, um, it, like I said, it was just the three of us and a lot of the responsibility of my younger brother fell on me. And um, that's a lot you know, for a kid. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, you know, like I don't look at that and I, you know, I have no resentment towards like my mom and stuff. Like my mom was literally just trying to like survive herself, you know, she was also yeah. a baby, you know, and and so you know, I don't look back on that with like any kind of weird feelings, you know, we as a family did what we had to do. But it was it was hard for both me and my brother. 
one for me of you know being responsible for someone having to like make sure that they got up in the morning and you know got ready in time so that we could walk to school together and then you know when I eventually went to middle school I would have to take him to school and then I would have to come back to, you know I would have to walk to middle school and then back to go and get him and you know and at this time my mom like would pop in in between her both of the things and just kind of like and then but I would be responsible for like we had a George Foreman grill so that was like basically what I I made like rice and and like burger patties and stuff and that like on a George Foreman grill for the two of us and you know um so it was just it was a lot for for me to be responsible and then for him to have his sister be in charge you know in charge of like Mm -hmm. figuring out figuring out or you know like making sure he did his homework that he uh did his chores and you know he wasn't always (laughs) he didn't he didn't always make it easy you know um but we were very close um when we were kids you know like I would spend hours just watching him play video games you know yeah Um, was that his thing did he like that yeah yeah he you know he was always really good at them and I was always just kind of like sitting next to him just like cheering him on and you know watching the story unfold with him theorizing about things you know just like that was like I think for me you know before he passed away it wasn't a memory memory that I really thought about a lot and especially didn't think about it as like special I was just like that's just what we were doing Mm -hmm. you know but um I think that you know the time spent like that together is kind of like now I look look back on it on how special it was and yeah um, definitely um so yeah so then uh, you know through our teenage or my teenage years you know my mom graduated community college and then she became a paralegal and was working again during the day and then she went to John Jay Community College at night so that she could get her bachelor's degree and so you know it was hard for her and it took it took you know quite a long time because you know she you you go to school part-time when you're working full-time you know and and taking care of two kids on her own so that's amazing I give her so much credit yeah I I she's incredible and um yeah so, you know, um, through our teenage years and stuff, I was still kind of like in charge. And, and around that time was like where he and I were really butting heads, you know, just my annoying little brother who, you know, like wash one dish and mom's coming home and I don't want to get in trouble. And so, like, you know, we start fighting because I'm like, I need you to get off the 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 video games and help me before she gets home you know things like that so like mm-hmm. for for a little while there we were very much like butting heads and our relationship wasn't good and then um but you know like it's just it's crazy to think about this and think about like how the circumstances in your life like really affect your experience and um just like I don't know you know he was he was born kind of already with this deep soul like it like it wasn't I don't know how to explain this but just just 
just it was he was just I don't know born broken or something like that and I don't and, and like it, it feels wrong to say that that way no I, that completely makes sense to me I 100% understand what you're saying yeah and um and so his experience and the way that he internalized our growing up um was vastly different than mine I mean I had so much like angst and anger and things like that because I wanted to be a kid and you know and um but I was able like when I left for college I was able to and you know part of this was that I got I I actually like got away I went to school not in New York City for for most of my schooling and so I had the opportunity to kind of break away from the situation that was making me unhappy and I was able to go to therapy and kind of just like really work through a lot of the things, understanding my mom, understanding my brother, you know, and my my brother was a musician and he was a skateboarder. He um, music was like his entire life. And he while I was away, just uh, like you know, he was like in a band when he was, he, he was a, a teenager and, you know, band life, you know, it's not always the best environment for, for, for really even adults, you know, and when you've got things like depression and anxiety and, and, you know, and you don't, the, your only outlet is like making music, which is beautiful, but then, you know, you're in the band life and, and drinking and drugs and all of that mm-hmm. starts to happen. And so, you know, he, when I was in college, that's kind of when that kind of stuff really amped up in his life. Okay. And when I was in school, you know, I, I had realized, and when I was in therapy, you know, that our relationship wasn't great and I recognized my role in it, you know what I mean? Being an angsty teenager who was annoyed at her brother for existing, you know what I mean? So because she had to take care of him, you know? And, um, and so I wrote him, you know, through like through therapy, I wrote him this letter and and it was like, you know, just kind of like apologizing for whatever my behavior that might have hurt him, you know, like explaining our situation and just kind of generally just kind of be like, hey, that was like the way we grew up and, and I'm sorry and I want to make this, make our relationship better because I love you and things like that and I invited him to college to to come and visit me in my college in Vermont and um and he came you know first it was a he was a little reluctant and we spent the weekend together where I presented him with the letter and and um it was really it was good um we definitely from that moment on really had healed a lot together And um, so from, you know, all of his 20s up until the year that he died, um, we were really close. Um, He was like my everything, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I was away and things like that. And during the time that I was away was like, like I was saying, the time where like his depression and 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 how bad it got was really fueled by his addictions and so there were many many years um during that time where um like I would literally have to talk him off of ledges and 
go and find him wherein he was, you know, talking about not wanting to be on this earth anymore. And it would, it happened. Um, quite a few times. And um, it was really hard to see him because he wanted so bad to, to be better, you know, to mm-hmm. feel better, to, to heal, you know, in and out of rehab and, and um, you know, hospitalizations. And, um, and then there would be times where he was doing really well, where he, you know, got into college himself and was studying journalism. And when we were talking, he, he, he was, he was the best that I had ever like that he ever felt and things like that. And then, but it was always like a roller coaster like that. When I finally thought that, Oh God, thank you, God. He's, he's on his way. He's doing so well. Thank you. Thank you. And I made sure to like always praise him and tell him like, you're doing such an amazing job. I'm so proud of you, you know? And then there was always another time where it just, kind of happened again and they usually happened around the time where he would go through a breakup you know my brother I think was a very um was like an empath or something or just like the weight of the world was always on his shoulders like things like news and the things that were happening in the world would affect him so deeply and so you know during these breakups he would kind of go into crisis and stuff and then that's when we would have to kind of like literally scoop him up you know and try to get him better and things like that and but he at the same time you know had spent years in and out of different kinds of therapies and things like that and he would always say like it's not working it's not working and so he one day he just like altogether just quit looking you know it's just like Mm -hmm. nothing works nothing works I you know this isn't working. You can't tell me I haven't tried. I've tried everything, you know? Um, How old was he when, when he decided that? Um, do you mean like in general or? Yeah. Like when he decided that, cause I know I, I, I had many, many times tried to convince my brother to go to therapy and yeah. he would always be like, no, no, no. And, I think it's so different for like people view it so different yeah well I mean he there was you know it's so funny thinking about that time to pinpoint when exactly it all started it's kind of hard because there were so many times where we would have where I was we were in this like crisis mode with him you know so it's kind of it all kind of like smushes together in my brain and in my memory um, it's that roller coaster of ups and downs yeah. and, and just trying to get through like that wave that you're in and yeah. get like yeah and um and you know this time was like really hard on on me and my mom and my grandma and my family you know and I had been going you know I'm I'm also a person who has anxiety and depression and the the I don't like that feeling and I'm not saying that he liked it, but I really just, I like, I'm like willing to do anything to get out of that feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that they're, they're a part of his like addiction and stuff is that he, he kept himself in that state of being by suppressing everything. And then by, you know, by getting so messed up, 
you know, that it just made all of amplified all these feelings that he had in a much worse way, you know, and he just, and so anyway, so, you know, I was going through my, a lot of my own things, uh, like in the year of 2015, and I had always grown up like dreaming of moving to California I don't know what it was about California but I just wanted to be here this is where I live now I moved here in um June of 2015 um you know kind of allowing myself to not always be on call to kind of start living Mm -hmm. my life in a in a way, you know, and it wasn't that I was leaving him. It was like I was just I needed more for myself, and so I moved here, and it was really wonderful. It was that was like a really great year in my life. I I grew so much. I you know I I bought a one way ticket to California um, on the day that my lease ended in New York City, and my life changed when I came out here. Like I I met my my husband who I'm with now two weeks after I got here. It was perfect. You know, it was like, so, so like, you know, he's amazing. And I, I love my life. And I like loved this new in my life. I, um, I, I'm a like a te- teacher's assistant. And so I got a job as like, as part of the founding faculty for this uh, charter school that was opening up in San Diego. So I was really stoked about life, you know, and, and just like giving myself an opportunity. But during this time, Maury was in another crisis, and I think that the most traumatic, like, situation with him was, like, the first week of school, uh, you know, when, when our school, my school opened, and I got an email from him that he had sent to me and my mom and all of them, and, and, like, his friends, and, you know, just basically saying goodbye, and I managed to get him on the phone, and I was on the phone with him in my director's office, um, while she was on the phone with the New York City police trying to find him and I was trying to get information out of him. And it was just like such a hard thing to go through because I left to, you know, build a life for myself. And at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, all of this is going on. And so the guilt with all of that was just a lot. And, um, you know, so fast forward a couple of years um, and then 2020 happens. And, you know, 2020 was a terrible year for so many people. Yeah. And something that coming out of that year, you know, when you see data of rates of depression, of people looking for therapy, of suicide, it, um, all of that increased during the pandemic and during lockdown, you know, and I think it became too much for him. And this was also the time, too, where I was really, you know, it was a terrible year for for me, too, you know, going through, you know, the just the year that it was where it just seemed to be coming from all from everywhere. Just things were Mm -hmm. around the world, just not great, you know, and, you know, the all the protests and stuff and being so affected by all of that and just and then, you know, being locked up inside of your house, not being able to go anywhere, being afraid of going anywhere, being afraid of being around other people. It was awfully isolating yes. for him, you know, and he lived with my grandma and, you know, how isolated he must have been feeling. And, you know, so I'm going through all this stuff, you know, and this is 2020, his 
he started really lashing out. He would get really messed up and then would call me while he was like drunk and all this stuff and would say some really mean things to me about how I treated him when he was a kid, you know, like just all kind of mm-hmm. just lashing out. And so I decided for the first time ever to kind of set some boundaries where I was just like, you cannot call me when you're like this. I don't want to talk to you when you're like this. It's not that I'm not here for you. I love you so much. I just like have to take care of myself as well. Yes. Yes. Because you're no good to anyone if you're not taking care of yourself. And if. Yeah. And, um, and he took that really hard. He took that really hard. I know because he had written it down that he thought that I had abandoned him. Oh. And, um, yeah, so he died on November 5th of 2020. And these last couple of months, it hasn't even been a year yet since he's been gone have been uh, quite honestly the most difficult couple of months of my life. Yeah. It's, it's a whole new world to navigate. Grief is an ugly monster. Sometimes it tells you the worst things about yourself, you know, and especially losing someone to suicide. You just think about what could I have done? Yeah. What if I had answered his text? the week before he passed away you know things like that you know one thing about grief that I didn't I I, I didn't was something that I didn't even think of is how physical like in your physical body how that feels Mm -hmm. because I didn't know that losing him would cause this space in my body to feel empty and I, it's like I, like I can feel the edges of the emptiness inside of me because he's my baby brother, the person that I grew up with. And, oh. um, and I, it's just like a physical feeling, you know, yeah, it's like a hole. And, and then it also at simultaneously feels like an anvil on top of your chest when you think about it. Yeah. Ugh. And people don't talk about that. And, and it's, it's hard for, so I, I feel so much of what you just said. My, and I, I can, I had a very close friend who took her life and and I understand all those thoughts that go into suicide as well. Thinking like, I've done, like, how did I miss this? Like, should I have called? And, and it, that makes it, I mean, that just adds so much more on top of you. Yeah. And, you know, in in the past, he had always called me and texted me or texted me when he was feeling like this, you know, because I think that at that time he didn't really want to, you know, it was just he was scared of his own feelings. And this time it was not a time that he called me or anything. And so, um. In fact, he kind of, like, was telling our family, like, oh, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know? It was just, 
but anyway, yeah, these last couple of months have been uh, really hard on me and my family. And it's crazy how just like the world keeps moving. It is. And, and you feel like it should stop. I, I, I said to my husband last night, I had like a mini meltdown. My brother passed away January 20th. And mm. of this I, year. I'm yes. so sorry for your loss. Thank you. And, and so, and he was my baby brother. We were five years apart. Like so much of what you're saying sticks yeah. with me. Like my heart is breaking for you. Cause I, I know that feeling of that hole in your chest and, mm-hmm. and you know, when it first happens, there's everyone around and there's so much commotion and, and you're just, you're trying to like survive though that like week and, and with everything happening. And then like slowly everyone does start to go back to their lives mm-hmm. and it's hard and they because you too. they do. And, and you can't like, how can you, when such a giant part of your life is missing and, I know I I feel bad sometimes. I know I I drive my cousin and my like closest friend crazy because I'm sure they're probably like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of hearing about it. Like, right, but, I mean, yeah. they're, they're amazing and and they're so good and they talk me off the ledge all the time. But I mm-hmm. I do feel myself trying to be more conscious of not talking about it, mm-hmm. and then I have guilt over that because I. I feel like, you know what, like, I shouldn't be pushing him aside, like, I, and, and I think people don't understand that unless you have lost a sibling, they don't understand the, the difference, like, it's that person that grew up with you that knows everything Mm -hmm. about you, and, and all of your life stories, yeah, yes, like, and I mean, I, I don't know about you, but we would always say, I could say whatever I wanted about my brother, like, and Mm -hmm. my brother and I, when we would fight, and this is like just a terrible, like they, we, we say it's a a family gene. Like we would fight and we would be brutal with each other. I mean, awful. And my husband's always like, you are out of control. I mean, I, I grew up, it was me and my brother and we had like a bunch of cousins and it was like, boys, like I had to learn how to like emotional warfare because I mean they could overpower me like I wasn't so that was like I just always go right for the jugular and and it's something that I've worked on in myself and Mm -hmm. um I'm fortunate that my husband is so laid back and when I have those moments he just like lets it roll he doesn't you know entertain my crazy but my brother and I would fight and it would be nasty nasty but then 10 minutes later, we'd be fine. Right. And I could say whatever I wanted about him. But, you know, if anyone ever said anything about my brother, I mean, I I was ready to, like, fight in the streets right. over it. Like, even if it was something I saw, I can remember one time my parents going away and my brother and his friends hitting golf balls into the school behind our house. And, of course, they broke windows and the police came and I probably was only like 17 and I don't know what the cop said if he's I don't know if he called him disrespect now I was furious that my brother did this and I'm thinking like I'm gonna get in so like my parents are gonna kill me because I wasn't paying attention and but I, I don't know if the cop 
Fuller, he called him something. And I started like losing my mind on the police officer. And I yeah. look back now and I'm like, wow, I was like 17. Like, was I crazy? Yeah. But I like that was that that definitely. And I mean, even today, like that is is like a trigger for me. Like if anyone were to ever say anything about my brother, like I, right. I lose my mind. And yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because they're the, they're the people that you have spent more time with, you know, growing mm-hmm. up than anybody else. Like he was always there. The, he, you know, they, your brothers yeah. were always there. It was just, you know what I mean? More time it was spent with him, with them, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think, and so, you know, now he's gone. And another thing about grief and especially this one this kind of grief, you know, uh, suicide and things like, um, in the months, like after, just like how guilty that you feel Mm -hmm. and having moments where you're just like, I just want to be with my baby brother, you know, having those thoughts, not even, not, not like actually, um, no, wanting, to do that you know what I mean but just like I want to be with yeah yeah Yeah. and uh and that that was a a hard thing to navigate you know yeah I I think a lot of people feel that way but I think people don't talk about it because they yeah they're afraid of how they're going to be perceived but right like I've I've definitely had thoughts of like I just want to be with him right now like I just want to be wherever he is and talking with him. And then I would be hit with an immense wave of guilt because I have four children and and my husband and and my mom to take care of. And and then you start to feel like, like, am I this like terrible person that I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, I want to be with him so bad that I'm, I'm ignoring these parts of my life. And so you feel like you're getting hit at every, it's like a gut punch. Yeah. And, And, People don't talk about that, and and I, I think that they should. It, it yeah. It should I? It's, with a devastating loss like that, I feel like, and you know, that's like the first. Uh, I mean, I told it to my husband and and to my therapist and stuff. But like to to like admit that out loud is um weird, you know, just like how much for so long. Right afterwards, it was just like. How am I supposed to go on without mm-hmm. him? Like, how? who am I now? Yeah. What is my life now? What does that look like? You know, there was, there mm-hmm. was the Priscilla who was there. Or, I mean, or uh, Priscilla before he passed away. And I am, till this day, trying to figure out who I am now. And it'll probably take... So I... I said to my same sort of like sentiment to my husband, like, I feel like right now, my life, everything operates in a before and after mode, like right before he died and after he died. And I, I'm trying to learn how to deal with that, but I, I, I'm not doing very well with it. And I, I'm struggling thinking about those those years of first like my my dad passed away when I was 27 my brother was 22 I was 
I had a two-year-old and I was seven months pregnant with my second and it was devastating. He was, he was only 55. I mean, he had colon cancer. So we kind of knew that it was coming. He had battled it for a while. And I struggled with that for many, many years. And just when I felt like I was kind of coming to terms with that was when my friend took her life. And I was like, wow, like, like just when I think like that, I'm starting to get, like it took me all those years to kind of deal with my dad passing. And then I, I had the tragedy of my friend and I, I was a mess because I didn't like no one in my family and even my brother like couldn't understand the feelings of guilt that I had. Yeah. So the Saturday before my friend passed away, she was supposed to be at a birthday party and she didn't come. So my last text was me being like just a mega bitch because <laughs> I was like, like, what the hell? Like you're, where are you? Addie is so upset. And, and I, I have guilt like to this day that I'm like, ugh, like the last thing we talked about was like me being an a-hole over a birthday party. And, yeah. and I was str- honestly struggling with that. Of my brother just passed and I feel like it's just like one replaces Compounding. another and it, yeah. it, it is and then it, it's like a different kind of feeling and I I told I admitted to my cousin the other day who was we were born a couple months apart she's my best friend she puts up with my crazy train all the time and always thought that my dad dying was the worst thing that could ever happen I'm like and then my brother died and I'm like, I, I, I feel like that is the worst thing. And then I feel a guilt towards my father. Like, like, like I find myself like saying like, like that, like, it's not that I don't like miss you in every moment and, you know, always have times where I see my kids doing things or things happening or, and I see other grandfathers around and I get that sad feeling. I'm like, but my brother was, it's, you you know you only someone with a baby brother who can understand yeah. that like it, it's your and my brother lived with us until my youngest was probably five mm-hmm. so my son was in high school or I guess eighth grade so like my four children grew up with him here basically like a sibling he was like their big brother and right. that is a lot to navigate trying to figure that out. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel like I epically fail in like every instance that I'm like, okay, this is what I like. I need to put on my big girl pants and I yeah. need to get through this moment. And, and you're just do like, you're pretty much doing that. You're just pushing yourself through every right. moment. And, and then sometimes at the end of the day, realizing like I was, basically like numb to my entire day because I was just trying to get through it and trying to put on a brave face for everyone when in reality I just want to scream right it's yeah it's a beast grief is I recently talked to some mom it's not and I I just last week talked to someone who go ahead Oh, who just said, you don't, 
like you learn so much growing up and in school and, you know, obviously your parents teach you, your grandparents, your, like your family teaches you, but no one teaches you how to, to grieve or, or no one right. explains trying to be, be like very conscious about that with my kids. Like, look, like it's, it's okay to feel like this and, you know, yeah, for me, um, Maury passing is the first real profound loss in my life. You know, like both of my grandmothers are still alive and the family members that have passed away, I wasn't particularly close. They weren't, I, they just weren't a part of my life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so for this uh, to be my first experience with grief is a pretty intense one. Because, you know, sometimes I think, would it have been better if he had gotten into like a car accident? Like, would would my grief feel not okay. as, mm-hmm. would, it feel di- would it feel different? You know what I mean? I mean, still tragic and still an, an incredible loss. But adding the flavor of suicide on there with all the mm-hmm. guilt and, and, and all the guilt all those feelings yeah yeah well I can tell you from watching you tell your story on surviving our siblings that you have done an amazing job in honoring your brother and well thank you I really appreciate that it's sure he is so proud of you like I've loved what like you've just done so well and you know, it doesn't always feel that way, but I appreciate it when people tell me that. No, you're. <laughs> I think you're doing great. Like you are, you. you're killing it. And I haven't even been brave enough. I backed out twice. I was right. gonna do it, and then I, I emailed and was like, "I'm so sorry, I can't." So I'm. I'm. Still I also trying backed to talk out once into it. <laughs> I I backed myself out of surviving our group. Uh, I said griblings, Our siblings once before this week, <laughs> and it was like early. It was like in March, and I was just like, "Too soon." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it's on my list of like, yeah. okay, like you're gonna do this, and you know, and I will say that it's been incredibly hard to feel like the visceral pain again you know um in in writing the story and and thinking about him and his like and the span of his life his young life you know he was only 28 when he passed and um and so there you know I've, I've gotten good at kind of trying to focus on healing myself you know and But so telling his story, you know, brings up all those awful feelings again and, and the immense sadness and the loss and the empty spot he left in my soul. And, um, but it's also like good to talk about him. It feels good to have other people know who he was and the kind of beautiful person that he was, the loving soul that he was, the incredibly smart person that he was. It feels good to tell people about him because for a while, you know, it feels like everybody forgets. Yeah. But to be able to to be able to talk about him in this very public way and hoping that it reaches someone 
and in their hearts to, you know, to not feel alone, that maybe I say it's something that helps them heal or at least have them not feel as alone as yeah. it's worth the, the visceral pain. It, it, it definitely is. And that's why we started this podcast because we felt like so many people probably thought that way and mm-hmm. wanted to like tell their stories. And I, I want to thank you so much. I was so nervous to do this. And <laughs> I was also you, <laughs> you have been amazing. And I wish thank I could you. give you a big hug right now. Thank you, you so and, much. Yeah. And I, I really, I just think you're doing an incredible job honoring your brother. And I, I think, I don't know that we said there is an Instagram page and it's surviving our siblings. And each week someone takes over and they tell their sibling story. And this week is Priscilla's week. So everyone head over to Insta and check that out. Mm-hmm. She's doing a great job telling her brother well, Warren's you. story. Yeah. And thank you guys for creating this space you know it's a it's quite a shitty club to be a part of but I'm glad that there's at least that there is at least people trying to help each other in it you know so that's great and I would love for you to come back and chat with me again maybe we can yeah chat about where we are and in a couple weeks or yeah that sounds good to me make it a (laughs) two-part that would be awesome I would love to chat with you again Okay, so, that sounds great to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll be watching the rest <laughs> of your Thank you. It's been really great talking to you. It's been so, really great talking to you too, Meg. Thank you. All right. So everyone go check out Priscilla's story and make sure that you subscribe and rate and all those things that you're supposed to do with podcasts that I am awful (laughs) at reminding people to do. I think of it when I'm listening to them, but thank you everybody and have a great night. Okay. Bye guys. Bye.